sorry I don't love you A phrase I've grown accustomed to Cause with you if something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is back this week. Jason Tate returns and we are going to be talking about a couple of Batman movies today. But before we get into that, I want to let you all know that today's show is brought to you by LootCrate.com. You can save 10% on any new subscription at TryLootCrate.com forward slash GeekdomPod. And all you have to do is enter the code BRIDGE10. That will all be in the show notes. You don't need to memorize that or anything. But on to the conversation. Jason, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. I've been listening to a lot of Pod Save America lately, and so I listen to all of their ad reads. So when you start doing an ad read, all I want to do is start cracking jokes in the background and be a low-rent love it. It's funny. I had just started listening to today's episode before we were recording this, so I'm like 25 minutes into it, and I was like, nice. you know, their their ad reads are getting pretty entertaining here. Like, sometimes I feel like they're not even ad reads <laughs> during certain points of them. Their ad reads make me jealous. Like, they're so good at what they are that like I look forward to hearing them which is not a thing that I have ever said about any advertisement ever <laughs> you know it's like any other ad I'm like yeah, yeah yeah skip this I don't care I skip like a lot of the tech podcast ones Same. every time a pod save America <laughs> ad comes on I listen to a good portion of it because they're yeah. funny like they they crack me up and I'm like man this is capitalism and at work right here but whatever <laughs> <laughs> and with them too it's like I can't really tell when the read is over so I feel like if I try to skip ahead in it sometimes I'll actually miss something important because <laughs> they just tie it into the conversation somehow and yeah it's definitely very interesting but on a- another quick note I think this is the closest we've done a podcast together because I came on for Encore and that was you know less than a couple weeks ago. I mean, it'll be a few weeks by the time people hear this because this will be coming out in a couple weeks. But still, it feels like this is the closest proximity we've done two podcasts together. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the other ones. It's usually like you'll do one, uh, an encore episode, and then a little bit later, you'll be like, oh, hey, I've got this idea, and then I'll come on that. But it's hard to keep track of where where everybody is and what's going on. Yeah, and I know sometimes when we podcast together, it's like, wait, has it been that long? Because we go back and forth on Slack too and in the forum. So it doesn't feel like, you know, it's ever that long of a break. Exactly. Well, at least we get to talk about Batman today. So that's going to be fun. Yes, definitely. So we are going to start off with talking about the Lego Batman movie. And then later on, we are going to discuss Mask of the Phantasm. And it seems like every time you come on, we don't really stick to a single topic except for when you came on for Batman the Animated Series. You know, the Spider-Man episode, we had like three or four things going in that one. So I think this is sort of going to be a theme here. Your your episodes are going to be a little outside of the norm here. That sounds like me. I can't keep focused on anything for too long. But I do remember during the Animated Series episode, I think that's when I recommended people check out and told you to check out Mask of the Phantasm. So I like the little callback to that. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I did end up watching it because I was writing something about it. But we will get to that later. For now, we I'm will... Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I get ahead of myself all the time, too. But <laughs> with Lego Batman being the more recent movie, I sort of wanted to talk about this one first because it's not your typical Batman movie either, even mm-hmm. though it is animated. I feel like the Lego name being attached to it sort of gives it this entirely different feel. So... One of the things I want to know before we dive into the Batman one specifically, have you seen any other of the Lego movies? Because I personally have not. So I wasn't really sure what to expect going into this. 
So yeah, I'd seen the Lego movie, the original one that they released with uh, was it Chris Pratt and everybody a few years ago. I don't remember exactly when that was, but okay. that one I had seen. Um, I haven't watched any of the like little like one-off TV series versions or like the web episodes that they have. I never really followed any of that, so I had an idea, obviously, that it was going to be like uh, the Batman character, if I recall correctly, is in the Lego movie itself. Um, so I had an idea of like what that was going to kind of be like um with that kind of like it's a humorous take on batman versus a like serious thing yeah and because these are all legos obviously the animation even feels a bit different because you know i'm sure you have had your fair share of legos and you know i (laughs) recently over the summer went through and put a lot of my sets together so we could try and sell them so i was pretty legoed out (laughs) this summer earlier in the summer and it's one of those things where when you're playing with legos you know they don't move nice and smoothly or anything and i think they do a really good job of portraying that with at least this film i don't know because i haven't seen the others but i'm assuming it's the same pretty much yeah, I haven't seen the new one, whatever it's called, Ninjagatu or Ninja. I don't know Ninjago exactly how to or whatever. It. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to even attempt it. Um, <laughs> so they do a similar thing in the Lego Movie itself, though. Where they do a good job of setting the rules pretty early on of like this is what the world is this is like how gravity and like the physics of the world work this is how like things can get built like you can actually build new things during it uh what are like the little like idiosyncrasies of that world itself and then they adhere to it by and large throughout the movie which i think that that, that's one thing that works well for it like that they do a good job of setting up the world building right away of like this is what this world is like and what can happen in this world and then kind of just letting your imagination run wild versus something like i know the dark knight going all the way back to the other batman movies that are like live action uh or even some of the animated ones themselves where they they're a little bit more grounded in like reality and here like you're able to just divorce yourself from that right off the bat and say hey this is like a fun up uplifting ish like take on uh the batman character yeah and one of the things i didn't really pay too much attention to when i went to go see this was i pretty much had no clue who was actually in this as far as the voice actors go and everything so it was one of those things where I wasn't expecting it to be a typical Batman movie because it was a Lego movie. I was like, okay, this is going to be totally different from everything I know about Batman movies, even with the animated movies and everything like that, because a lot of those came out around the time of Batman the Animated Series, and then they sort of tried to keep a similar tone with Batman, I would say, throughout the later Batman movies and everything. But this, when you have someone like Will Arnett voicing Batman, (laughs) you sort of immediately know it's going to have a much lighter tone and it's going to be funnier, even if Batman still does his little brooding, I want to be alone thing. Yeah, I think that's what that is. I mean, listening to all the different voices, that was the one thing that was like kind of took me out of the movie the first time I saw it because I wanted to know who the voices were the entire time. I'd be like, oh, I recognize that. Like, who is that? Like, who's doing Harley Quinn? Right. Or who's that uh, voicing Barbara Gordon? And then I was like, well, is that like, is Channing Tatum really doing Superman? That sounds like Channing Tatum and like things like that. So that like kind of pulled me out. But uh, besides that, like I-, I thought that the voice acting itself, like they got a bunch of big names and it worked really well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Barbara Gordon specifically, who was voiced by Rosario Dawson, who is Claire Temple in you know the live action Marvel shows. And then she's also voiced Wonder Woman before, which I That's think awesome. it's really interesting when you have someone who sort of crosses over with all of these, not only different characters, but with DC and Marvel too, which I know mm-hmm. we've seen happen with live action actors and everything like that, or they just move to a different property or something. But I think, you know, one, I just love Rosario Dawson in all of the Marvel shows. So Mm. for me to hear her voicing any other animated characters, it's always a joy because I'm like, yep, she can do this too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like Michael Sarah as uh, Robin slash slash Dick Grayson. I thought that that was a good pick and it worked well for the version of Robin they were using in the movie. I think that like by and large, it's one of my, the two things that I would say I liked most about the Lego Batman movie is one, that it's a fun, like funny movie. Like there's a lot of inside jokes a lot of behind the scenes like if you follow Batman for very long like you you see these like winks and nods to so many different eras of the uh, character so it, it so it's that plus it's actually funny like you're able to include characters that have nothing to do with Batman himself we got what Voldemort flying around in there uh Lord Sauron's in there so you like do a variety of different things like that in the the movie and combine Batman with those worlds uh plus just the idea that like knowing that you're walking into a Batman movie that like has no real like actual like expectations it's like it's not like Batman versus Superman right or you know the, the Dark Knight Rises where you're like like, oh man, I really hope this is just a good Batman movie. And here it's just like, I just want to be entertained. Like, I just want this to be a fun, however long it is, hour and a half, two hour long movie. I just want to enjoy myself the entire time um, and walk out with a smile on my face. And I think like, as long as they succeed in that, I'm happy. And I thought that they did with this one. Yeah, and they still managed to throw some curveballs in with the voices and everything because you have the Bat Computer by played by Siri, which <laughs> as you know, for us Apple nerds, that was probably more of a treat than it would be for people who either one, don't use Apple products and or two, don't really use Siri, which I don't, but I activated enough to know what Siri sounds like. <laughs> so it was just Well, now she sounds things. completely different. <laughs> well, true. But then they also had Mariah Carey playing the mayor. And I don't yeah. think I even realized that when I did watch the movie. So just seeing her name there, I'm like, wait, they really did that? And I didn't even notice it. So I think sometimes too, that's when you know they've done a great job because you don't necessarily get all of these big names right away. And then later you're just even more impressed that they like got one by you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think that was also, that's the nice thing about this movie is again, like calling back to all of the, uh, the little like inside jokes that they have, that it's not something you can catch every single time. It's something that you can watch multiple times and uh, you'll pick up something new every time you're watching it. Um, that That's what's fun to me because it's like it's a movie that I can toss on and actually watch like front to back and enjoy. But it's also something that if it's just on in the background and I'm doing other things, um, I'm also enjoying it because it's like, oh, this part's coming up. I'm really excited to check this part out. Like, oh, this part's really funny. And I'll like stop and watch. And I, it did a good job with that. And I, I have actually found myself, I don't know, I've seen this one like two, three, four times maybe, all in all. Um, and I think I've seen the Lego movie itself two times. Okay. Uh, so I would, I would say that I enjoyed this one probably more, but that's uh, I'm a little bit biased given the fact that I'm a pretty big Batman nerd so (laughs) (laughs) yeah I only saw it once in theater and I meant to 
rewatch it before we recorded this, but as I informed you, I ended up binge watching <laughs> Riverdale the I last two days. This. So, you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, eh, I remember enough of the movie to not necessarily <laughs> need to rewatch it. But I think this might be one that I would definitely be willing to rewatch because I know I don't rewatch movies nearly as much as a lot of people do. So, You're too busy listening to podcasts, so you don't yeah, have time. There, there is that. There is that. I did try to cut back on them, and then I was like, oh, but these people are coming out with the podcast, and these keep <laughs> popping up in my recommendations, and I'm trying to keep it to a minimum. So, well, minimum as far as my standards for a minimum <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. But I want to go over some numbers for this movie fairly quickly it ran 104 minutes which is not too terribly long you know they didn't force it to that two hour mark at 120 minutes to make it feel like you know all of these superhero movies seem to go anywhere from two to two and a half hours now and that's before you even get director's cuts involved and everything like that and they made this movie on a budget of 80 million dollars and it made 312 million which for a Lego movie and an animated movie in itself, that seemed like a lot of money. And, you know, I'm sure a good chunk of that budget did go to the actors and actresses that they got. And the fact that it's, you know, 3D animation, that takes a lot of time and money, too. So it's not like, you know, they were paying for these big, crazy stunts that you see in the live action movies and everything like that, because it was all animation. But, you know, that's still a really good turnout for a Lego Batman movie. Yeah. I mean, there's not much. You, I mean, if you're spending 80 to on the budget and what, probably like another 80 or so on uh, promoting it, and then you're able to double that up at 312, like that's not bad at all. I don't, I'm assuming that they don't have many complaints, and that's probably why we keep seeing other spinoffs happening. And I, I think there's going to be another Lego Batman movie. Like I, I thought okay. I had read somewhere that there was going to be that they were going to possibly do a sequel to it. But I, I don't know if that I just read that. It's just one of those like possibly up there at some point. It's never actually going to happen. Yeah, and. Of course, we have to talk about the soundtrack for this movie (laughs) because Patrick Stump worked on Who's the Batman? (laughs) And, you know, again, it's our worlds colliding here because who would have thought that Patrick Stump would just be writing a theme song for a Lego Batman movie? It works well, too. I mean, it's it's definitely like, I mean, it's Patrick doing the Batman voice to uh, sing the song so you don't get the usual uh, crooning of Mr. Stump. But at the same time, like, it's a catchy song that I actually have found myself for fun putting on every now and again, mostly just to harass Hannah, my girlfriend, when she's walking around the house and she's like, why are you listening to that again? I'm like, because it's it's the Batman. And if you can play Batman music, you must play Batman music. Yeah. And then they have two different covers of Man in the Mirror, which is a Michael Jackson song. And it's just really interesting that they did two different versions of this. And I think they both came at pretty comical times, too, if I'm remembering correctly. And just the fact that, you know, they placed these songs so well, even if they weren't, you know, original versions of the song. Mm-hmm. It just felt like they put a lot of effort into making sure the songs landed at the right moments. Yeah, I thought they did. I thought they did a good job with that. Like the the, the music itself is not distracting. And then when they use the joke, the songs as a joke, uh, I think it works well. Exactly. Are there any specific songs you want to bring up or does that about cover it for, you know, Patrick Stump mostly? <laughs> yeah, basically that's what I mean. I don't listen to the soundtrack very often besides that one. Yeah. Uh, 
but I do uh, I do go back to that song every once in a while. What else is on there? There's the dance DNCE song. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought a lesser song that Heroes We Could Be songs pretty good too. I've listened to it a couple of times, but no, no, I got nothing else on that. I'm just looking up really fast how much money the Lego movie itself made. It looks like that one cost $60 million and it made $469 million, uh, at the box office. So it did a little bit better, but uh, by no means do I think 312s a anything to shake a shoe at. Yeah, and there's actually on Wikipedia a whole section on the marketing itself. And, you know, they literally had a life-size Lego Batmobile show up <laughs> at a car show in Detroit. So, you know... With Legoland being in California, I had gone when I was younger. So it's really amazing to see just how much they can do with the Legos and all of the different things that they can build. And obviously, since I've been there, they've expanded quite a bit and there's a ton of stuff I haven't even seen. But to take a life-size Batmobile somewhere is just really great marketing, if you ask me, because who doesn't want to see the Batmobile from all of the live action movies? So why not just replicate that with the Lego movie? And you know, kids are going to get excited about it. Even heck, adults are going to get us excited about it because it's a Batmobile. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that like, again, like the one of my favorite parts about both this movie and the Lego movie is how they use the Legos in the movie. Like it's not just a device to basically make a movie with characters and the Lego characters. So therefore you get to make a Batman movie like they actually utilize the Legos and the the structure of the Legos in the story. So like if they're flying around like and something breaks off like they, it's the Legos that explode, but then you can build it back together or if they need to like transform something into something else like they build into the Lego maneuver. To, to make whatever it is that they need. Uh, and I think that using the Legos in that way, uh, which is like, I, I, did the video games come first? Like all the Lego video games? I'm assuming that that was kind of like one of the first times they started doing any any of this stuff. But I think that it, it works well in the story to give you something a little bit different. Um, and like, obviously, I, I guess we can, are we spoiling this movie? Or yeah, can I yes. talk about the end of the movie? Total um, spoilers here. <laughs> yeah, so like at the end of the movie, like when they use like the idea of the, everybody coming together to bring Gotham to back together and they all have to like stand on top of each other. Like everyone that's ever had Legos is done where you put all your Lego people together and then right. connected them all together um, to do that, to like stitch the, the uh, city back together. Like, I don't know. I think that's a clever usage of like the realities of the Lego universe that you're in. Um, so I like that. I don't know. I, I, again, it's a fun movie. Yeah. And the fact that you can just stand someone so easily on someone else's head and stuff like that with Legos, <laughs> too it just offers something that you can't really pull off in live action movies and i think that's you know what helps make this film so much more i don't want to say entertaining because the live action movies are entertaining but this is entertaining mm -hmm. in a different way because you're like having fun with it instead of just sitting there and sort of soaking in all the darkness that batman has to offer <laughs> Yeah, and I think that that's what's that's what's also nice. Like there really aren't that many quote like real stakes in something like this. Um, yeah. The the funny thing is like I watched this while I was reading uh, Death of the Family, which is the Snyder run of actual comics, and in that like the Joker is like horrifically terrifying. Right. Like, that, there, there's some messed up stuff in that comic, um, and it, so it's funny to like go from that and then see like the Joker, the Batman version of the Joker, where he's just kind of like. 
yeah, he's kind of goofy. You know, it's like Zach Galifianakis playing the Joker. So it's like, it's not like it's going to ever get as dark as the comics themselves. So it ended up being like a fun escapism version of Batman and like threw me back to when I was really young and would watch those like original Adam West um, uh, TV shows over at my grandparents' house, which are like super campy and over the top. But they kind of has like a nice throwback to that and being like, okay, this is a version of Batman that doesn't need, like they lean into his brooding and like dark side, but they do it in such a campy way that it just ends up being like a a comedy uh, and a comedy joke escapism version of, of those stories, which I like. Yeah, and I'm sure you saw this when you were, you know, researching for the podcast and everything like that. There's a whole pop culture reference section, too, on Wikipedia, <laughs> and it just pretty much lists all the Batman movies, even yeah. Suicide Squad, and then the 60s TV show, the animated series. So there, like you said, there was a ton in here for the hardcore Batman fans. But at the same time, you could still have, you know, little kids going to watch this movie, and it would be a perfectly good time for any kind of Batman fan, basically. And I don't know if you bought the digital HD edition, but apparently there are extra shorts in that. And I just want to list these off because the titles are too funny not to mention these, even though I haven't seen them. So the four short films are Dark Hoser, Batman is Just Not That Into You, Cooking with Alfred, and movie sound effects, how do they do that? And, you know, that just fits so well with the general theme of the movie. Like, who wouldn't watch a video of Lego Alfred cooking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like, I like a lot how much they don't take themselves seriously. You know, it like it yeah. allows, by doing that, it allows them to have fun with things. Like during the movie where you have like the Daleks from Doctor Who flying around or the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, Agent Smith from The Matrix is in there. They've got some sharks, Voldemort, like we talked about before in Gremlins. And like, I like the idea that it basically just becomes a huge nergasm by the end where all you get is just these nerdy references all over the place uh, in the quote, like Lego world, which just cracks me up. Cause it's just like, yeah, that's about right. Right? Like, that's just being like, hey, we know what the fans want. We're just going to give them all of this. Yeah. And we also don't really need any of these actors or actresses to actually sound like the live action version of these characters. You know, like, sure, Will Arnett changes the tone of his voice for when Batman is brooding <laughs> and everything, but he changes it in a way that, you know, it's funny when Batman is brooding. It's not like depressing or anything like that. It's just so much more upbeat and the fact that this has absolutely nothing to do with continuity too i think allows them to have a lot more freedom with what they can accomplish with it Mm -hmm. and they're they're able to like allude to different things like they throw references into like batman versus superman the movie but do it in a way that's like funny (laughs) and like you don't have to like you need to know nothing about what's happened but if you know like what's kind of going on and quote the like dc world uh you can tell that they're throwing a little bit of shade at them (laughs) for for some of their choices which i enjoyed yeah and because it's still DC and Warner Brothers doing this, you know, they have access to all of the stuff from the live action films and everything that they can sort of poke fun of in this. And really, the the only thing Lego has to do with it is it's the Lego versions of these characters, you know, DC and Warner Brothers still have a ton of control over how this movie comes across. Definitely. 
which then makes it nice to see that they are willing to do something like this because as you know the movies have been hit or miss lately with a lot of people you know like wonder woman was really great but then suicide squad not so much <laughs> uh, yeah no suicide squad was horrible yeah the i mean I, I thought will ornette did a really good job voicing bruce wayne in the batman like i've always been a big fan of kevin conroy who does the animated series or a lot of the animated series and a lot of the animated movies right. um, but i thought will ornette did a good job of like articulating this version of batman so i think that that's fun uh from an actor like voice acting standpoint uh, zoe kravitz did catwoman i could actually see zoe kravitz playing catwoman i could also see ralph fines who is uh alfred pennyworth i could see ralph fines being alfred in like right. a live action movie that would actually work pretty well <laughs> jenny slade is harley quinn eh, possibly possibly <laughs> yeah well, so they got big names here yeah, they really do. And it's just one of those things where it was nice to not really have paid attention to this movie much. But then when I went to go see it, I was like, oh, my goodness, they did such a great job with these voice actors and actresses that they picked out for these parts. What do you think of the story itself? Did you enjoy like the story of the movie? Yeah, you know, I did because I think they did a good job of putting a ton of the villains in in there without it feeling like they were trying to do way too much because mm -hmm. of the fact too that they didn't even you know push for the two hour time length or anything like that it felt like they gave these characters you know just enough to really push things along and you know these lines hit so well too with the jokes and everything like that where i feel like if they would have drawn it out more and tried to do more with each of the villains, it wouldn't have landed nearly as well as it did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I thought it was fun. Like I thought the story, the story was fine. Um, I think it's funny that basically Batman gets everybody his own, like hubris gets everybody uh, in trouble from the beginning. <laughs> but I right. thought that his his relationship with growing into being friends with you know Robin and. Dick Grayson, as well as his relationship with the Joker, was portrayed well. Yeah, I, I thought like it, it was one of those things where, by and large, the story's kind of just there to set up the jokes. But right. I thought that it, I thought that it worked well as that vehicle. Yeah, and sometimes you just want to have fun with a superhero movie. And yeah. even though this isn't a typical superhero movie, it was just like one of those moments where you can have sort of this sigh of relief that this is out there and this happened and we can just sit down and enjoy it and we don't have to overthink it like we do with everything else because that actually <laughs> impacts continuity and everything. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, is there anything we haven't touched on that you wanted to hit with this movie? I got nothing else in my notes here. Nope. Awesome. Well, before we move on to Mask of the Phantasm, let me tell you listeners of Welcome to Geekdom more about Loot Crate. They're offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. You can enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for the 10% savings, but if you go to TryLootCrate.com forward slash GeekdomPod, they will know you came from us and you can support the podcast that way. It won't. You won't have to directly donate to me or anything. You can just buy yourself something and help me out in the process and it won't cost you an extra penny at all. And in fact, you get the 10% off. So it seems like a win-win to me. But if you still need some convincing, Loot Crate offers a ton of stuff in the box. You can get epic geek and gamer items, pop culture gear. You'll get licensed apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and so much more. You know, each box theme will vary month to month. So 
because of the fact that I do record these episodes in advance, I try not to talk about specific boxes just in case this comes out after I talk about a specific box or something like that and that one's closed. So just check out the site. They're sure to have something for everyone because, you know, as we cover a wide variety of topics on Welcome to Geekdom, they cover a wide variety of characters, items, games, and that sort of thing on in their boxes. So check out LootCrate.com. And again, Bridge 10, save that 10%. It'll be in the show notes, though, so you don't have to memorize it. And our link specifically is trylootcrate.com forward slash geekdompod. And we would like to thank Loot Crate for sponsoring this episode. But now we're going to move on to Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which Jason, I just recently watched this because I did a post on it for Substream and you know I have this little ongoing series called What Took You So Long so it's basically me (laughs) making fun of myself for not having watched these movies. That's awesome yeah so it came out in what 1993 is that right? I believe so. so. Yeah. I'm guessing over the top off the top of my head because I think I was about 10 when it came out. It came out on Christmas Day too. Uh, that's awesome. Um, I was one when it came out for reference you know (laughs) so I didn't see it at the time. (laughs) I would have been 10 going on 11 at that point. Like I apologize. Two away from 11. And I know I feel old. God. Not my intentions. <laughs> I remember seeing this in the theater though. Like my dad took me to one of the small little theaters that it was playing at. Um, and at the time, like I had no idea that this was like a thing that like they uh, now doing some research on it. Apparently they originally were going to like make it a directed DVD movie. Um, but then like once it started getting made, they realized that they, they probably had something cool here. So they decided to release it um, uh, on a limited run into theaters, which ended up making it difficult for it to make back its budget. Um, but that said, like after it finally has now become kind of like a cult classic with Batman fans, it ends it has ended up uh, being relatively well received and pretty successful. Uh, I would say that like for a long time before Christopher Nolan got a hold of doing some Batman movies, uh, I thought this was my favorite Batman movie. Um, and it definitely still holds up as one of the better like front to back characterizations of Batman, in my opinion, um, just because it does such a great job of a being a really compelling story. And unlike something that we've ever heard or seen before, right. um, it has a new like original antagonist, the fan, Phantasm was like a character I had I would I had no idea about until this movie because they created it just for it. Um, I thought that the the way of like telling Batman's backstory and having that nonlinear storyline of going and being like showing some stuff that happened in the past and then going flashing forward to like the mystery of what's happening right now, I thought was a really cool way to do it. And I think that like by and large, it's one of my favorite still to this day one of my favorite storylines of like a Batman movie. Yeah, that was one of the things that initially stood out to me when I was watching it too because you have Andrea Beaumont in this and you know she had a relationship with Bruce before you know even putting on the phantasm costume and everything obviously spoiler alert it's her not her dead father so (laughs) it's one of those things where you are getting this different look at a villain so to speak too because it's not your typical you know joker killer croc even though joker does appear in this and i do want to specifically talk about that too just because of the fact that you know the joker was not a super big part of batman the animated series but he was a big enough part of it to you know be worth talking about because it seems like the joker is sort of the go-to villain a lot of the times and you know 
I will pretty much watch or read anything that Paul Dini is involved in because I think he just does such a fantastic job with really understanding the essence of Batman. And you had Bruce Timm as a director on this instead of a writer for the screenplay. But I feel like the two of them working together on anything is a pretty good sign. I know, you know, there have been some missteps in the animated world, but I don't think most of them came from really Paul Dini's work on the character. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Um, I think that going back to the Joker, I think it's a good usage of the Joker. Um, yeah. Because they don't they don't lean on him as needing to be like the main antagonist. He used to do Joker stuff where he gets to come in and out and like cause some chaos here. He gets he becomes like a pillar in the plot for how to like move it forward. But he is not like somebody that you need to rely on the entire time, which I like, like I like that the main mystery begins with of like, well, who is this phantasm character? And like, why is uh, he killing all of these mob bosses? Like what's happening here? And then the Joker becomes like a pawn and like being brought in to like figure it out and then ends up becoming towards the end, like more of the like battle with Batman, which I think that's a good way to use the Joker. Cause they don't have to just like keep him in the forefront the entire time. Um, I also, really have just always been like as a Batman fan I like the Batman slash mob of Gotham stories I like that yeah. like it goes back to like the long Halloween um, and Batman begins and the idea of like there's these mob bosses fighting for power like and there's a big long history of them in Gotham and then Batman gets to deal with that and like the fallout even though they're not like super quote like super villains uh, I like that I like the idea that Batman it shows Batman's like becoming Batman you know he he goes out right after he gets back from his little trek um and he's trying to like strike fear into the villains and it doesn't work um and then he meets um the love interest in the movie and like he has this like moment of maybe possibly being like pulled away and not needing to do what he had sworn that he was going to do which was like defend uh, or, or avenge his parents death and like you see him have that moment of being like maybe I don't have to do this like is that okay that I don't like become Batman but then another tragedy basically befalls him in his life and once that happens it's like that's what takes him down the road of being Batman and I thought that was an interesting way to show this character and unlike something that I had seen especially up until that point seen in like comics or anything of like oh like it's Batman is a like multi-dimensional character and it's not like the impetus of him becoming Batman is not necessarily just like his parents died and then he just was like on that track his entire life like there were stops along the way where he almost most did this or could have done this but then didn't and then that led to him basically being like alone and loveless for the rest of his life <laughs> yeah and because kevin conroy is still voicing batman and bruce i you know it's hard not to enjoy how he differentiates between the two and like you said I personally love a good mob story, and even though this is an animated mob story, it's still really good, and you know, you have Stacey Keach playing Andrea's father, which is a fantastic choice, and you know, your point about the Joker, I definitely agree that he's not the focus in this, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact I believe he doesn't show up until at least halfway through the film, too, and this isn't super long. This is maybe you know, roughly the length of three or four regular Batman episodes. So it's only mm -hmm. 76 minutes. So it's a movie that doesn't even hit an hour and a half. And I think that helps them 
tell a story that's longer than a single Batman the Animated Series episode, but, you know, not quite long enough to feel like it dragged on way too long or anything like that. So I feel like the amount of time they had for the movie and the amount of time that they put the Joker in the film were two things that worked really well together because we weren't seeing Joker from the start. And at first, it was one of those things where you didn't even know someone else was going to show up aside from the Phantasm. And it's kind of fun to see the Joker realize he's not the center of attention in this film, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I think that, that like that's what's interesting about this. It's like it is an animated movie. And in a lot of ways, it plays off of everything that, you know, we talked about in that animated series episode of why the animated series was so good. Like they take all of those things and then kind of just do more of them. Like they have a bigger budget so they can do more cool stuff with uh, computer animation at the time. And you get a cool like shots into Gotham, into the city itself that I don't think they could just do with regular animation at the time without spending more money. So you get those type of things. You get more time to spend like creating a new character like the Phantasm and writing and getting uh, more people to come in and do vocal work than usually you can on like one episode of a TV show. So I, I like that it's like an extension of the TV show, but at the same time, it kind of completely works as a standalone, right? Like if you've never seen the animated series, you have no problem walking into this sh- movie, watching it and being like, that's just a good Batman movie, like front to back, like really good, solid Batman movie. Um, and it's also not one that necessarily needs to be animated. Like if you were to like do a shot for shot, like remake of this in real life, I think it would actually work as a movie. Like I think this would be a good movie, even if you had... I don't know, uh, Ben Affleck playing Batman right now and like just remade this movie, I think people would go, yeah, yeah, good, good Batman movie. Uh, don't do it because we already have this, make right. new original <laughs> stories. But I think that that goes to show of like why it has stood the test of time as being like a, like a lot of Batman fans favorite portrayal of the character but also like a cult classic because it does hold up as a movie itself just in general and it doesn't it doesn't feel like one of those like oh it's just a special uh, three episode arc of the tv show it does feel like more than that and they did a really good job of uh, intertwining everything to, together to feel like a really like cohesive Batman story, and I don't know that that, that I, I'm not sure if any of the other animated movies that I've seen off the top of my head. I guess maybe the Red Hood's the only one that I would say even gets close to being as good as this. Right. Uh, but I don't know. It's just I I have nothing but positive things to say about it. And I rewatched it when I knew we were going to do this podcast. Um, and again, I had like the same reaction of the first time of just being like, yeah, it's just a good Batman movie. Like, well done. I'm, I'm, there are nothing but positive things to say. Yeah. And this one really set the tone for the animated movies going forward too, because after this, you have the Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero and you also have Mystery of the Batwoman, which I do believe I watched it because a podcast came up with it. And I was like, all right, I'll watch this because it's animated Batman. Of course, I'm going to watch it. And, you know, while that one wasn't quite as good as this one, it still sort of kept that similar feeling and everything with it. And I think that's sort of what they really did well when they started with Batman the Animated Series and then sort of spun some movies off of that and kept Kevin Conroy on as the voice of Bruce and Batman. Yeah, I think they did a good job doing using it that way. Yeah, and I really feel like overall a lot of the animated films have been better than a good chunk of the live action films simply because, you know, I feel like it's interesting because there are some people who want 
you know, the comic books adapted into the movies, like, you know, panel for panel, pretty much. And then they do a lot more of that with the animated movies, I would say, like when you get Justice League War and sort of these story arcs where you can really tell just how much they took away from those comic book panels. But then you get something like Civil War, where you don't get the same ending in the movie that you do in the comic books. And, you know, I think not following the comic books for how they from how they start to end really bothers some people but for me i think it's really nice to see them sort of make up new characters specifically for tv shows like they did with harley quinn who then became a staple in the universe and everything like that so i think you know bringing in phantasm and making this whole new character instead of just doing something based on exactly what the comic books already have is a good move too yeah, and like, and they do a good job of holding the reveal of who the phantasm is until the end. And it's like, I mean, I remember at the time, of course, I was ten, so it's like right. I didn't see it coming. We yeah. like maybe now, maybe now I would know. But um, I think one of the things is that they did a really good job of here, and this is uh, probably something we also talked about when we did the animated series episode, is that they focused a lot on the story. Like the story was really important. Like you build up these characters, and you give them a backstory, and you like you you feel for who they are. Like in this, like you actually get a feel of who Bruce Wayne is. You see him uh, falling in love. You see her falling in love. You see that ripped away. You see the reasons like they make these decisions. And it's that storytelling that leads you into a good movie versus being like, well, we have Batman and Superman. So we're just going to put them on screen together and have like big action scenes and do stuff. And by the end, you're like, yeah, but like, did you have the story there? Like, did you have a reason for any of these things? And that's where I feel like so many of the more recent movies have failed is that they do a bad job of building from the very ground up a story and motivation and reasoning for all of the characters to do things whereas here like they really like fine-tuned and honed in on having a good idea of who their characters were why they would do the things they're doing and then just let them progress uh through through the story that way and i I think that that's why it ends up being successful because it's a it's a good story it's a good batman story and then you get to interject somebody like the joker um and like throw a little bit of his backstory in there and his reasoning for being motivated to do different things and then let him like reign chaos and have this revenge plot that you kind of are not sure like what the end should even be right like should uh batman allow the phantasm to basically like kill the joker who's a bad person doing bad things or is he going to be like the quote hero and stand up and be like no i'm not gonna let you like do that and i I know there's there's some interesting like moral quandaries that take place which i think is at the core of batman like really good batman stories to begin with of never understanding or quite being sure how you feel about uh the decisions that he a vigilante is making yeah and you mentioned you know what we talked about in our Batman the Animated Series episode, and I'll definitely link to that in case anyone hasn't checked that out yet. But another one of the things we mentioned and that I'm pretty sure is how well that show stands up. And I think because this movie came out in that same time period, you know, it stands up just as well because it's the same kind of animation. And sure, animation has changed over the years. Like we have a lot more of the sort of 3D animation that you see with like Star Wars, the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels and those types of shows. But I think for the most part, because this was such top notch work by the animation teams on both the show and the films, it doesn't really look horrible 
when you go back and watch it. And I feel like because of the fact that it still stands up so well and it's not, you know, painful to the eyes to watch it because it's still good quality, that really helps, you know, give these shows and movies a longevity because, you know, it was technically a flop at the box office because they spent six million on it and it made under six million by the time its run was done in the theaters. But then when it came out on home video, it eventually turned a profit. And I think the fact that, you know, you and I are talking about this movie over 20 years after it came out and it's an animated movie, you know, it's not (laughs) like it's Goodfellas or something like that, where it's sort of meant to stay around for a very long time. I don't think they could have necessarily predicted that when one, the TV show and this film came out. Yeah, and I I think it was just released on Blu-ray not that long ago, which I've not seen the new Blu-ray version of. I got to go see if I can find that somewhere. Um, But the fact that, like, when it was coming out, like, I saw it posted on all all sorts of places. Like, it was in our forums. It was on uh, online and all the nerd websites talking about it. Like, it is a movie that is held up and people, like, uh, talk about and covet. Like, and it was, I'm sure it did well when it it was released. I'm sure a lot of people bought it. Like, I I see it whenever people do, like, rankings of movies and they're like, I'll rank the Batman movies, right? Like, a lot of people put, like, The Dark Knight up top and then either Batman Begins. But Mask of the Phantasm, if, if Batman fans have seen it, a lot of times it still sits up there pretty highly because it... It, it did somehow become a thing that stood the test of time, which I, uh, I'm impressed by. Like, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like, man, like very rarely can I think of many comics that I watched uh, at that age when I was, you know, 10 years old that I still am interested in watching now uh, with the exception of some anime movies that I really like. But yeah. Yeah. And to put this movie into perspective for how it's aged, it came out on Laserdisc and VHS <laughs> in 1994. And then awesome. they reissued the VHS in 2003. And then it came out on DVD in 1999. So a little before they reissued the VHS, which seems a little odd to do in 2003. But you know, They've re-released this film a ton of times, and it did come out about two months ago, towards the end of July, as part of the Warner Archive collection. And, you know, DC recently went through and released a 30-film package that included the most recent (laughs) Batman and Harley Quinn, which I haven't seen that yet. I've heard mixed feelings on it just because of, you know, the portrayal of Harley Quinn and everything. And you do have Mm. some new voices in that movie it's not sort of your staple voices for harley quinn or poison ivy and everything like that so i did see and hear mixed thoughts on that one so i don't know how soon i will be getting to that one but this one it definitely stands up really well and i had recently gone through and watched quite a few of the animated films not all of them were batman ones obviously you have justice league in there you have you know superman the animated series which i ended up watching after batman the animated series too since those sort of were on at the same time and really had that same sort of feel except you know batman's this totally different character from superman so in a way the superman show was a a bit lighter in tone Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think if anybody hasn't seen this one yet, they definitely should and probably shouldn't have just listened to us uh, spoil <laughs> it <laughs> before then. Um, the only other thing that I have really talked about is, once again, the soundtrack itself was composed by Shirley Walker, who also did uh, the main composition for the animated series um, based off of Danny Elfman's main theme. Right. Um, but I lo- I really like the music in this as well. Um, there's some really cool original 
uh, orchestral arrangements on, on here. I haven't listened to it in a long time, but like I can hear, like I'm reading things down here now on the uh, the track listing where it's like, ah, Ski Mask Vigilante and The First Love and The Big Chase. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Like I remember what's going on in those <laughs> moments. And I can, can kind of hear the music a little bit in the, in the back of my, my mind as well, which is a, a, a always a good thing when you're like, oh yeah, I remember the score to that movie. And I mean, for an animated movie and for me to be talking about like the score, right. that by itself is, that by itself is pretty impressive. Yeah, fun fact, the score originally came out on my birthday 11 days before the film came out, <laughs> which that's a little weird. Usually they do that the other way around, I want to say, especially since it was in theaters 11 days later, not released on home video 11 days later. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but they did do a re-release that was an expanded edition too, and that didn't happen until 2009, it looks like. So that is quite the big gap considering how many times the movie itself was repackaged and re-released in the different formats. And I, like you, highly recommend this. Although if you are listening to this, I'm sorry, we warned you, spoilers. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but I think, you know... We have our Spider-Man stuff going, but I get the feeling we're going to have Batman going as a theme on here for your guest episodes and guest appearances and everything like that. So Spider-Man and Batman, not not bad topics to be talking about all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think that like by and large, like if I look back on the things from my childhood that uh, have stayed a staple of my life, like Star Wars is a big one. Yeah. Batman and Spider-Man, I was always a big fan of. Like I liked all the comics, right? Like I read Superman, I read The Flash, I read Green Lantern and Green Arrow and like all of that sort of stuff like I was the X-Men like all of that like I paid attention to and have stacks and stacks of comic books uh, from but as I like continued to get older it was always like Batman and Spider-Man were the two I always wanted to check back in on and like they made such a big impact in my life for two different reasons basically they're very different characters Um, but those are the ones that I've always just been like oh yeah I want to know what's going on like I'm curious like what's happening in that world and what they've done with those characters Um, and you know as I don't know. God, it's been quite a while now since we saw Batman Begins and the Dark Knight <laughs> and stuff come out. But then, like, once those came out, like, Batman was, like, popular again. And then it was like, oh, I want to, like, recheck back in on the animated series. And I was very happy to see that that uh, actually stood the test of time. Um, I don't know. I'd be curious to hear from, like, other people that, like, listen to this podcast and stuff. Like, uh, where do they rank something like yeah. this Batman film in, like, the pantheon of Batman movies? Like, is it up there? Is it, uh, or does it not count because it's animated? Because I've always, I always think I, like, if I had to, like, right now pick, I almost think I still would put it maybe third. I think I'd go Dark Knight 1, Batman Begins 2, this 3, maybe the original Tim Burton 4. Dark Knight Rises after that, and then, you know, the rest of those, <laughs> the rest of those at the end. Yeah, I I might have to agree with that ranking there, simply because I recently watched, like, Batman and Robin, and the one that had Jim Carrey and... Oh, God, in man, it, and, Forever is so bad. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> I couldn't even remember the name of it, it was so bad. But yeah. it, it's just one of those things where sometimes, you know... For Batman, you have to get it just right. And I feel like the animated show and this movie did a really great job of that. But, you know, I think that wraps up our movie talk. But I do want to know if there's any current or upcoming Batman content that you are going to be consuming. (laughs) Are you reading the big metal event that's going on or any of the Batman comics? Yeah, I'm not currently reading the current stuff. I'm still catching up on... Uh, some of the stuff from a little while ago, the Snyder and 
Capello Run. Caputo? Capula. I think it's Capula. I'm so bad with names. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm still catching up on that and trying to keep up to date on what's going on there. Um, I watch most of the animated movies like when they come out, especially if people are saying they're okay. I haven't yeah. watched the Batman and Harley Quinn one yet because uh, people were kind of just like, eh. As you said, it was kind of like getting mediocre to lukewarm reviews. And I was like, eh, I don't really want to waste my time on something like that. Right. Uh, so like nothing besides that at the moment. Um, I've been following all the stuff of what they're going to do with the new Justice League movie, obviously. And and then if we're going to get a hopefully, maybe possibly a good new Batman movie that Matt Reeves is working on possibly doing. Uh, so I'm like, I follow that sort of stuff. But beyond that, like, I don't follow any of the cartoons or any or like what's is the current cartoon? Just the Batman? Is that still airing? I'm not even sure. So, yeah, I don't think so. I think they just pulled the Batman off of Netflix, maybe, or they're going to be. But yeah, I don't think animation wise there's too much outside of the films like I don't think there's an ongoing Batman show right now or anything and I think the Batman actually ended a while ago because I remember binge watching that on Netflix as well so I think you know I just went through Batman Beyond which I thought was interesting and I have what one is it the brave and the bold i think yeah that I need to get through which that one it seems like it's going to be way different from all of the other Batman animated stuff so you know I watched like the first two or three episodes and I was like well this is different (laughs) and (laughs) then I just got sidetracked with binge watching all of the other things but I liked Batman Beyond a little bit more than I was expecting to because I haven't followed any of the Batman Beyond comics or anything like that and an old Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne not being Batman just seemed a little odd at first but I think they did a really great job with that show and that show was also from the 90s I want to say I think it was late 90s though so it still sort of had that similar feel to it. Yeah, uh, the other, the only other animated one that I, I saw recently and enjoyed was uh, Return of the Cape Crusaders, which I think was oh, okay. 2016, and it's the one where it's like basically it's animated, but it's using the Adam West and Burt Ward like young yeah. like 1960s versions of the Batman characters. Which I mean, if if you've ever watched that, how campy that that show was, it's so it's it's that. But I thought it was, it, they did well. Like I enjoyed that for what it was, uh, given the fact that I, <laughs> I remember watching those shows when I was very young. So that was fun. Yeah, awesome. Well, I will not keep you any longer. I'm sure you and I will hit Slack soon to discuss what we'll record next. We might have to, you know, <laughs> skip back to Spider Man now that Homecoming is out on digital and everything. Which, you know, like I said, your episodes will probably encompass multiple topics which I'm totally fine with because we typically tend to talk a lot longer than I feel like (laughs) a lot of podcasts end up being so we do a good job about hitting the one hour mark though like one hour feels right like whenever you're on encore like it seems that we we're good uh we're, we're, we're we're well suited to hit exactly right around 45 minutes to one hour, which is seems seems about right for a podcast. Yeah, and I need to do one more watch of Spider-Man. Like, I've seen it twice now. I've only seen it I wanna... once. I will definitely, okay. I will be sure to watch that one again before we yeah. record, just because I feel like I was so excited about that one when I watched it that I don't know if I, like, overemphasized how much <laughs> I liked it or if I really did like it that much. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I want to do I want to do another watch and then possibly even like another one quickly with and doing some taking some notes about it because I definitely have thoughts on that movie. It's one of those ones yeah. where just like quick teasers. Like I really like it, but I also am so hypercritical of it for like weird reasons where I'm like, yeah, but you're just almost <laughs> there. And it's like I think that bugs me more than anything. Like I'd rather something be like just bad because it's when it's like almost there. I like I can see like I can see it and it's just like it like hurts a little more not? that they yeah, didn't quite yeah. get it. But yeah. I know you are a huge Miles Morales fan. So I would definitely recommend yeah. the current Spider-Man animated series, which is on Disney XD, I want to say. So I don't yeah. know if you have to have a cable login to watch that online, but I'll like send you the show page or something. So. It's, it's I've got how many episodes I guess in here? I got nine episodes sitting okay. here in my in my Plex. I just have not watched them yet. Yeah, it was really weird that the ninth episode, for whatever reason, like this past Saturday, it didn't record for me and it didn't show that it was like on TV at all. So I just went and watched it online because that was like a very specific miles centric episode at least oh, that's cool. what the yeah, it's called ultimate spider-man huh. yes that one you will greatly yeah. enjoy that so i highly recommend consuming all the spider-man and batman things but you awesome. know that wraps up our batman conversation and our little spider-man tangent <laughs> there sorry about that guys if you were expecting all batman disappointed you a little there but jason thank you so much for coming on of course, it was great to talk to you, um, and hopefully you'll be back in Encore sooner rather than later. Yeah, hopefully, and like I said, um, I'll be bugging you about what we're going to discuss on the next Spider-Man and Batman episodes for this. But Awesome. And as always, to our listeners, thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.